Hi there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 192 of the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I am joined this week by Miles Thompson. Hello there. Hello there. How are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. I'm good. Lots of games to play. I had a nice weekend of just kind of catching up with things and, yeah, just getting to chill out. It's been nice. Thank you, dude. Fantastic. Oh, man, I'm so happy for you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. There's uh, We haven't had any weddings so far this year. It feels like a record in comparison <laughs> to last. <laughs> yeah, you've already been to at least 16 by now, wouldn't you, last year? Or something, wasn't it? Oh, easy. Probably into the 20s at this point. Mm. Uh, your gog himself is here with us, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm pretty good, thank you. Uh, been reviewing a couple of games, been playing a few other games, and yeah, just been a pretty... It's been a productive year so far. Um, and the, the last week I've kind of kicked into another gear, I feel, with some of the stuff I've done. So be interesting to see where that goes. Fantastic. Fantastic, man. That sounds... All very positive and good. Yeah, pretty happy with how everything's going at the minute. Wonderful stuff. Kat, she's back. Hello. Hello there. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. I've had a lovely, peaceful day. I watched my team lift the Carabao Cup. It's been a really good day. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Congratulations, by the way. Yay. Seven years it's been. Very Aww. happy. That's nice. I'm hoping that um, uh, as we speak right now, Tommy Fury doesn't absolutely embarrass himself. I was going to go to All Stars and watch um, the thing, and now I just can't wait to see one of them embarrass themselves or it be a, a rematch or some shite like that. It's been going on for long enough. I just want both of them to shut the fuck up. So I'm really was... excited to see the live updates of Fury and Logan. Not Logan, Jake Paul. Yes. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. Um, oh, you don't know what I... about the boxing match? I don't know. So you know, are. you know the guy who makes Prime, KSI, and Jake Paul. No. Okay, well, Jake Paul's a YouTuber. He's literally like some asshole YouTuber. I can't remember which one got cancelled on YouTube because they filmed themselves in the like suicide forest. Can't remember that. Was that. Logan. Uh, th- that was Logan Paul, not Jake Paul. Okay, well, his little brother, Jake Paul, also a YouTuber, has suddenly decided he wants to become a boxer and has been egging on all the boxers. Tommy Fury is Tyson Fury's little brother, um, found popula- popularity on Love Island and somehow is- they're now fighting each other, but it's been going on for literally a year because they either keep cancelling or keep... It's just one of those, like, really annoying, like, fake things. But, like, it's gotten to the point where, like, you just want both of them to die a little bit. Like, in the ring, you're just like, just shut the fuck up and beat each other up. <laughs> no one cares anymore. Except I a little bit care, obviously, because I'm talking about it, but I just want to see one of them win. And so we can all shout... So I can just get off my TikTok, really. Um, so, yeah, that's that's that in a nutshell. Huh. Well, that sounds like cracking migraine this weekend, and it's like the first time I feel better in the last like two hours. I I was going to ask. I saw on your social media feeds that uh, Nando's can suck an ass. What happened there? Yeah, Nando's can suck an ass as well. So, like, just literally about two hours before I got said migraine that has like ruined me for the whole week. Um, we're going to my cousin's fifteenth birthday party. Okay, now she's she's turning fifteen. Obviously, that's why it's her fifteenth birthday party. A couple days ago, we were like, (laughs) "Oh, can we?" Uh, She really likes Nando's. Okay, she like really rates it, but she doesn't get it often, so she wants to go to Nando's. There was about eight of us. I think there wasn't many. There wasn't loads of us, but there were like there was enough. 
Um, so we called a couple of days ahead and they were like, we're really sorry. We don't take bookings anymore, but you, you like, you'll probably get in. Like, it'll be absolutely fine. So just come whenever. And she said, oh, okay, well, we'll come a bit earlier anyway. Um, so, you know, we're not going to come at a ridiculous time. So we came in and she was a bit like, she spoke to the kitchen and she was like, oh, that's a 40 minute wait. So we were like, that's fine. We can come back. Like, we'll come back. And she was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, we went to the pub. Well, we went to a different bar that would allow, you know, 15-year-olds in. <laughs> um, waited 40 minutes, came back, and they still wouldn't give us a table. Like, well, don't even, even don't tell us to come back or don't tell us that we're okay to come back. Mm. And, or just, do you know what I mean? Like, it would have been yeah. fine if they'd have been like, we're really sorry, like, we don't take bookings. We have no idea what's going to happen, like. Blah, 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 blah. They didn't. They were like, yeah, the kitchen says about 30, 40 minutes. If you come back then, it should be fine. So to come back 40 minutes later and then say, mm, no, we don't really still have that table. No, mm. like, if you could hang on five or 10 minutes and sort something, or you could sit upstairs, or you could do this thing like the other. So it might seem like menial, but it was like the fact that then we went into Friday night of like peak booking time where we could have got in somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? Where we could have possibly just walked into like a really, because we went there at six o'clock or half mm. quarter to six or something ridiculous like that. It wasn't even that late. But like when you wait 40 minutes and then you like have the rigmarole of like talking to them, it turns into seven. And then you're like, shit, now we're not going to be able to get into anywhere else. We had to go to KFC. Her poor 15th birthday party was at KFC. <laughs> and she was so <laughs> looking forward to Nando's and I felt so sorry for her, bless her. Oh. It's customer service, man. Like, if you say 40 minutes, then you kind of have to fulfill it. If you say, as a customer service, we're really sorry, we don't think we can serve you tonight, fine. Great, cool. We already called ahead and knew that. That's fine. But it was the 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 gall, the gumption, the audacity to say, I've spoken to the kitchen and you can come back in 40 minutes. <laughs> um, so, Nando's, you can suck a dick. Suck a dick, Nando's. Yeah. yeah, not too many though, because I love you. <laughs> You're really tasty most of the time. <laughs> okay, suck a dick, but not too yeah. many. Okay. So yeah, I partly want to put my migraine onto KFC because I literally had the KFC, came home and it started, and I was like, "Is this KFC's fault?" It's more than likely not. something in KFC's food. Probably just the light KFC. Probably. <laughs> So that was your next best option was KFC. Literally, like what's chicken, what's chickeny, and what's you know. So yeah, so we walked all the way up to KFC. Sad, wasn't yeah. it? Because of course, like like spoons isn't gonna let us in because she's fifteen and it's past seven. Mm. Don't let anyone in. Well, a lot of spoons don't let children in under eighteen anymore past seven. Um, and everywhere else is gonna be like full as fuck. It's like seven on a Friday, so. Cassie, oh, it was. Well, that's an awesome story. Thank you, Kim. I love that one. No worries. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And rounding off our podcast this evening is the FFG himself, Mr. Sean Davies. Hi. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Excellent. Great conversation. Cracking. <laughs> right. Let's get on with our. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I'm, I'm done. That's good. <laughs> okay, yeah, we are. Okay, fine. All right, let's crack on with our game of the week. Sean, do you want to start? Yes, well, I can still remember the name of this game. Sure, go for it. <laughs> so, my game of the week is Clive and Wrench, which is a new 3D platform and it came out this week. It's um, a 12 year passion project from developers called Dinobytes. And 
it's essentially a love letter to all the uh, old school 3D platformers like Spyro and Banjo-Kazooie, all, all of them, you know, Croc. Uh, there's a bit of Jersey Devil in there. Essentially, you know, the story is is weak source. You you play as this bunny named Clive and his monkey friend called Wrench who runs like hangs from your back. And you his his sister, who's like a, some kind of scientist, makes an error and this this bad guy gets hold of some kind of time thing machine and essentially tries to take over the entirety of time. So you go through time trying to find um fridges, coins and clocks. And it's basically a collectathon that's just it's lovely. I'm I'm more than halfway through now and it's just everything that you love about 90s platformers now. There is a bit of jank, you know, there's there's bits that are, you know, you could tell this one was made by kind of one person and it was made by one person. So, you know, you could feel that, you know, this isn't the big budget, you know, and it doesn't have all the quality of life updates that kind of like Ratchet and Clank and stuff like that do. But I'm still having a real blast with it. So, you know, if you're into 3D platformers and you want one that's just like a real hog back to what you remember or how you remember them, because they aren't as, this isn't as... um you know, it's not as sticky and as as you know unplayable as some of the old 3D platformers actually are. It's kind of more modern than that. But you know, if you if you want to play a game that's like how you remembered it, challenging, uh, like free form, so the levels are kind of like big and open, and you can just go and explore and find the secrets yourself. And some of it's quite cerebral. You know, some of the puzzles are like make you think a little bit. You know, if you want a game that's like that, go and check this one out, Clive and Wrench. Out now on all the consoles and PC. All right. I will check that out. It sounds right on my alley. Good, good. Hmm. Yeah, nice one. Uh, Miles, your game of the week? Uh, mine is the King's Chronicle... Uh, no, the King's Dilemma Chronicles. Sorry, that was a bit confusing to say. Um, it is a, a video game that's been developed from a board game, which came out in like 2019. And it's really cool. So... You're basically like the king's council for this land and you basically have to make awful decision after awful decision, all of which can go well, all of which can go terrible. You have to manage like each decision will affect different resources like morale or like food or money or whatever. Um, And the idea is that your reign only lasts for a set period of time. Um, You can corrupt votes, you can overrule votes, but you have to spend tokens to do so. And once you spend too many tokens, or if one of your supplies goes too high up or too far down, um, you either get overthrown or killed, and then your reign starts again anew. And it's just a really cool system of, you might have a choice in front of you where you're like, this is clearly the good choice to make of not imprisoning this person for something that they haven't done. However, all of your council might vote in favour of imprisoning them, and if you overrule them, you might be thrown from your position of power. Um, So you kind of end up having to make bad decisions for the benefit of staying in power long enough to get rewards, versus making good decisions because come the end of the game, you might need those good decisions and the rewards from them in order to win whatever happens at the end, which I won't spoil. Um, So it's like a two to three hour campaign, and it just plays like you're playing a board game full of moral and kind of ethical dilemmas and it's surprisingly immersive oh sean you have your hand up would you like to ask a question no i was just gonna ask you a question when you finish sorry you can carry on sorry oh okay no worries um so you do your dilemmas you answer all these things at the end there's an eclipse that happens all of your decisions kind of come together and you can get like upgrades between reigns and all that kind of thing um and it's just really surprisingly immersive um 
I just found myself like at the start, I'm always like, I'll be a good person. I'll do the good for the realm. And I was like, now nah, fuck that dude. I need that money so that I can keep these people on side for long enough. So he's going to jail, even if he's done nothing wrong. Um, so you really find out who you are when you have to make awful decisions uh, for the benefit of staying in power versus actually doing the right thing. It's cool. I enjoyed it. As it made you realize that you're a bit of an asshole on the inside. Uh, I kind of knew that anyway. I just didn't realize the extent of assholeness. Wow, <laughs> that's that's what it made me realize. <laughs> yeah, it's like, great. Damn, if I had power, I'd be a right dick. <laughs> maybe you should try it. See what happens when you get faced with all these moral dilemmas. <laughs> yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Cat, uh, well, your game of the week. Wait, did did Sean ask his question to Miles? Oh, sorry, no, we didn't. Apologies. Sean, please ask your question. Right, Sean. I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention to you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I just wanted to know, Miles, if you'd heard of this game called King of the Castle that comes out on the 2nd of March? Uh, no. It sounds very much like um, King Dilemma's Origins Chronicles. <laughs> Chronicles of Dilemmas of Kings. <laughs> Chronicles of Problems. Um, but it's, it's multiplayer, so it's a party game. And one of you plays as a king, and then every other player plays as a noble. Oh my and god! The idea is to be kind of your nobles can either work with you or try to kind of put your head on a pike. Um, oh, sick! Sign us up. I love the sound of this. Let's so get great. All that PR right now. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. <laughs> so it comes out on the second of March. Um, it's come from Team Seventeen, and um, essentially, one of you—you you only need one copy of the game. Everyone else can join in by a browser Sweet. or switch integration. So. It's like a party game. It looks super fun. I uh, just thought I'd mention it because I know that you kind of quite liked this game that you were playing. So, and I saw this one. I put it on our English list and thought that's right up Miles' street. So there you go. King of the Castle. <laughs> you know me very well, sir. You know me very well. That is streaming potential right there. Let's all do it. Let's do a finger guns depose me. <laughs> should, should we just do it on street on on podcast next time? Just all of us. <laughs> Let's play the game and record it. <laughs> How many times can I be uh, abdicated from my throne? That would be a very fun episode. That would be a very fun episode. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, Kat, your game of the week. Uh, my game of the week is Chef Life Restaurant Simulator. Um, this game... So normally, I've played a lot of simulators, and I'm very into, like... I don't know why, but I'm really into, like, cooking, like, um, games. Like, I used to bloody love Diner Dash as a kid. Diner Dash on PC was, like, one of my go-tos. I don't know why. It just it just got me really in the mood for, like, timed kind of game, like, click-and-point kind of, like, rushed adventure games kind of thing. Um every game recently in the last year that I've played as a simulator has actually been very very relaxing so I played bus simulator and reviewed that you can see that on the website I will talk non-stop about how power wash simulator makes me do the noise that Miles can hear through the wall because I'm so comfy when I play it um for anyone who doesn't know that when I play power wash simulator something comes mm. over me and I do this mm. As I play it, it's it's absolutely subconscious. It's not even I'm not even I'm not even like purposely doing it. I'm just so comfy. Is that Anywho, you making the noise of the power wash? I don't know. I think I'm just comfy. Okay. <laughs> I, I maybe it is, but I used to do it as a kid when I was like really comfortable or eating something really nice. <laughs> I'm really outing myself here as a fucking weirdo, but um, but yeah, but it, it, but Power Wash Simulator brings something out of me. But that's not my game of the week. That my game of the week is Chef Life, a restaurant simulator. And the reason that I mentioned that was because this game is stressful. Okay, I've always said the top five like 
the careers I would never want. Number one is being a chef. And that's not because I hate chefs. That's because I have the utmost respect for chefs. This is really fucking stressful. I actually have to concentrate. I actually couldn't play this on Friday night because of my horrific migraine. That I was like, I'm just going to make it worse. <laughs> it's going to be so stressful for me. Um, it is exactly what you would think it was. So you start with a little restaurant. Uh, a little bistro to begin with and you can do everything you order the produce and you're you've got an environmental like responsibility so your staff will respect you more if you buy like more um, expensive veg and stuff like that and you keep it environmentally friendly your customers are happier too you can get regular customers you can get um like all sorts but the the recipes you have to learn the recipes bloody hell oh my god so i've played probably about six hours of it so far um over the course of the last couple of days and i'm still only on my same three recipes i've made five altogether but the consomme is too hard to make i can't be asked because i can't be asked to keep making carrot juice and orange juice you have like a step-by-step -step thing and although it gives you like little hints you almost have to memorize it yourself you're like all oh, right now to do the carrots now to blanch the chips now to do this and the thing is if it's in your inventory it can go cold so you actually have to time it in your mind as well you have to be like right well i can't cook the chips now because I go cold and you've got a warmer so you can put stuff under the warmer oh my god it is like a monkey who's like juggling bananas I it's getting easier as I go but it's really stressful to begin with but it is a lot of fun and I am having a lot of fun with it now that I'm getting the hang of it um so you can eventually like you can learn so many recipes and there's so many things that you can do to a restaurant there's so many like you can have like certain themed menus you can take stuff off the menu you can um catalog all your like purchases your food can go out of date as well so like you if you have stuff in the fridge um you can order by quality of vegetable or you might have to order by um like date as well like it is proper restaurant simulator like this is not like it reminds me of i thought this was going to be before i played it i thought it was going to be the fun version of when the sim character makes the food in the kitchen in the house because it always looks so much fun and it does look a lot like that except it's like hard mode and you plate it as well you can have your own plating design so if you don't like the way that she's plated it you can plate it yourself and it's like and and save the plates so that every time they make like steak and chips it's done your way it's it's just great i really like it i'm really enjoying it it is hard it's taken a while to get my head around but it's it's kind of everything that you would want in a cooking game if you want it to feel like a competitive chef cooking game um this is it and it is i'm having a lot of fun so far so that's my that's my game of the week. I'm going to play a couple more hours into it. I'm only in the bistro stage. You can like work your way up to Michelin chef, depending on what's on your menu. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I need to get used to my kitchen. My kitchen's bloody huge and there's only me in it. You get like a prep time as well. So you get like the opportunity to prep. And I can't tell you the amount of times that I've prepped something, left it in my inventory. And by the time the service starts, it's gone from my inventory. So all my prep time was completely worthless oh the pain <laughs> well i've had to them they've ordered it and i've been like shit where's all the prep gone nope gotta make it from scratch gotta cut my potatoes from scratch gotta boil my pasta from scratch oh you gotta flip you've got season as well it's just yeah it's um i think it's out now so it was out probably it's about three days ago it's out now um on consoles on pc and my review will be up within the next week or so because uh, I want to get a good solid couple of hours into this to give it a fair go. Mm -hmm. It's my game of the week. Yeah. 
Sounds Straps like a kind of game. restaurant I want to eat in. It, yeah, I'd want to eat in it. Um, yeah, it's not relaxing. Okay, if you're looking for a cozy cooking game, this ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Fair. And uh, finally, your guy, your game of the week. Um, I think it's the same game as last week. I've been playing more Spellforce Conquest of EO. I've been playing a couple of other games, uh, Blood Bowl 3 and Company of Heroes 3, but both have been a little bit disappointing, or very disappointing in Blood Bowl's case. Uh, Spellforce kind of came out of nowhere. I started playing it last week. I really enjoyed it. I think I gave it Game of the Week last week, and I'm going to have to give it again this week because it's just such a good game. I've been really enjoying playing it. Um, it's grabbed my attention really heavily, which to the point I'm actually playing the game for being a game, which sounds weird, but whenever I game, and I game a lot, it's always for streaming, YouTubing, or reviewing. There's always a purpose behind it. I can't remember the last game I played that hasn't had that. Um, Spellforce has just kind of captured my attention. So, yeah, definitely my game of the week, and I think it's well-deserved. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm really glad you're getting on Spell Force. And yeah, I'm, I'm sad to hear about Blood Bowl. Let's yeah, see. Blood Bowl is... Uh, well, I mean, people can read my review on it. I was pretty disappointed with it overall. Uh, it can be saved. It can definitely be improved upon. And I hope the devs do do that. Uh, but uh, in its current state, it is pretty disappointing, unfortunately. That's a shame. That's a shame. Um, what's my game of the week? Um, I really haven't played much this week. Um, I played a little bit of Straight Lights. I guess that's something I can talk about. Actually, I can't because uh, the embargo is on Tuesday, so I can't talk about that. Um, but there's a preview coming up soon um, of my hour with that game, um, which you, you should be able to read in the next few days. I'm looking forward to getting out. Uh, but mostly it's just me, you know, just playing Fortnite, getting to that elusive level 200 before season two starts in, what, nine, eight days? It's not too far away. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much me. And I've been running around Hogwarts, no longer scared of spiders. Ha ha! Thanks, Avalanche. You killed my disease. I appreciate you. Do you have it on arachnophobia mode? No, I don't. I've just they're just Oh not, my god. It is there's just it's really scary though. There's, oh at first <laughs> I was shitting myself. Yeah. But I, I was like, I'm not so happy about this. The day, Miles came downstairs. But, I'm not even scared of spiders. I was saying to Sean before we started, it's like the fact that they get bigger and bigger makes it less and less scary because Fair. now they're Fair. like, well, you're not real. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so you're just a big old monster That's to so me true. now. Um, they are quick and they're annoying, but they're, um, yeah, they're not scary nice. anymore. And there's so many missions of spiders. So you still get used I to know. it. After a while. Yeah, oh, good for you doing some exposure therapy. This was like me playing Bee Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I still see one of that size, I'm going to be like, nah. You can fuck off. But um, in terms of video game playing, I think it might have cured that particular itch, um, which is very good. Um, anyway, let's get to our quiz. Miles Thompson, are you ready? Hello. Uh, I think I'm ready. I don't know if you're all ready. <laughs> well, I, was listening, I listened to that. Obviously, I wasn't here last week, uh, but I listened to the quiz, and it sort of went off without a hitch, nearly, almost. Yeah, it was remarkably smoothish. Other than the USSR and Russia uh, debacle. But oh, yeah. Other than that, <laughs> I think that was a relatively minor issue compared to the previous two. So I'll take it as a win. <laughs> Even though you, um, the, the, the kind of roof question that was um, breathtaking, not beautiful. 
but whatever. Oh, yeah. I'll let it go. Yeah, that is fair. I just think Keanu Reeves is beautiful, so maybe that was my inherent bias just coming out there. That's a fair point. That's fair. That's fair. I get that. Is it, yeah. is it fast emoji fast? Is it? Is this what we're doing? or is that It's hands only like, now. No no emojis. Emojis are banned. Oh, okay. <laughs> fine. And emojis want... are banned. Yeah, they're, they're banned. They're, they're out of the rotation. Um, what we did, yes. Ross. <laughs> Thank God. I'm going to use emojis now just to mess with you. Ones that look like emojis. <laughs> Nobody one. can answer with an emoji. That's the eggplant. So it's another standard quiz. It is 10 questions. Um, it's a fair variety on this one. Some older questions, some newer questions. So hopefully there's a nice mix. Are we all ready? No. No. Yes. On Grand. Well, we're going anyway. So <laughs> question one. Who voices David in The Last of Us Part 1? No, 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 no. I'm sorry, Cat. Ross was first with his hand. Uh, That would be Nolan North. It is, correct. I got so excited that I pushed my mouth away. (laughs) (laughs) Too keen. I went, oh, I know that. (laughs) Fucking douche lord. Anyway. So, for question two, I want the first name and the surname. So, just so that we don't run into any uh, Master Chief uh, Dave debacles again. Who is the protagonist of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order? Sean. Fuck. Never mind. <laughs> that is correct. Fuck. <laughs> oh, was, I wish it was. It, it was there and then it wasn't. Oh, well. <laughs> also not their name, unfortunately. Uh, Roscoe, I've got you next. I believe it to be Carl Kestis. It is. Good oh. job. Shitting bricks. <laughs> Fuck you, Ross. Whoa! It's all coming out now. Oh, guys! It, it's the set out of like, well done, but just different words. <laughs> <laughs> In a different tone, that's all. Uh, question number three. Which open world game set in Egypt released in 2017? Oh, Yog. Uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. Correct. Good job. I thought Sean was assuming for that one. Uh, question number four. Which 1997 FPS game's opening level is titled Damn? <laughs> Ross. <laughs> That'll be GoldenEye 007. That is indeed GoldenEye 007. Good job. This will be an interesting one. I'm kind of excited to see if anyone does get this. Uh, Who Do You Voodoo is an original song composed for which 2011 video game? Ross. No, it's gone. Sorry. Okay, fair. Cat. Um, the who do you voodoo? Other yeah. than the Scooby Doo movie, it's got to be <laughs> Dead Island. It is. Nice. Look at that. I was like, what reminds me of Scooby Doo the movie? <laughs> <laughs> what Dead Island? <laughs> oh yeah, because <laughs> it's done on like some sort of tiki island, and that's kind of like a tiki-ish song. And I was like, what possible game would have that in it? That's that is good knowledge. That is. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm impressed. Fair play. Um, Thank you. Question number, I believe this is six. Um, Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft have all pulled out of which conference this year? Uh, Ross? Uh, that'll be E3 2023. That is. You are correct, sir. Well done. Uh, question number seven. Resident Evil is a pretty highly selling franchise, but which entry has sold the most? Uh, Ross? Is it Seven? It is not seven. No. Uh, I've got Yog next. Four. 
No, it is not four. <laughs> Cat. Is it two? No, it's not two. Sean? Three? No, it's not three either. Has oh, everyone okay. been? Is it, is it's it, going to be five, isn't it? Spiritual point. Is it? Is it village? It is not. But Yog gets the spiritual point because it is Resident Evil 5. What? <clears throat> it's like 13 wow. million and a half copies or something like that. I was really certain it was two then because it's like the remaster was so popular. But no one likes five, right? Yeah, but it yeah, it's came not... out at just the right time. <laughs> <sighs> and the hype for it was real. like, And it's Boulder punching Chris. I mean, come on. I was so fucking certain it was two. Fuck. That's yeah. the Resident Evil 4 effect, isn't it? It Four is was that good, so it was like, well, the next one must be amazing. <laughs> I'm sure if it counted like all of the re-releases, four would be far and away like clear distance, multiple millions winner. That's but... what I was kind of thinking that it counted re-releases and stuff. But, no, uh... can, can I can I call bullshit? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> um, as of December 2022. <gasps> oh, oh, here shit. we go. I must have had an outdated one. This is bad. <laughs> Resident Evil 7 with 11.7 million. Fair. And followed by Resident Evil 2, 11.2 million. Resident Evil 5 sold 8.6 million. The hell? So, do I get the point? Yeah. Well, if Resident Evil 7? Yeah. If that yeah. if Sean has fact checked it and that is proven correct, then Ross, you get the point. I said seven. Then you can have the point, sir. Hey! Well, you went from spiritual point, didn't you? No, you're oh, spiritual no, point. No, because Ross's original answer was correct. Oh, was it? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I didn't know you said. Oh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know where. Like, I I checked on two different sites, and they both said thirteen million for five. I don't know where I got that from. Oh well. Thanks, Sean. Uh, I'm just just source it's it's from statistissa.com. So so they use they're usually pretty good. That sounds more reliable, to be fair. I just uh, want to put a heads up, I just typed it in while you were lot were talking. So I just typed Resident Seven at the top. Okay. Not like, no, I didn't. Never mind, let's please be one. <laughs> okay. So I think we take eight. Ross's point off him. Yeah. 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 We, we remove all of Ross's points. I thought. No. I thought you were going to laugh, and then nobody did. So <laughs> <laughs> it just got really awkward and serious, and then I had to backtrack big time. So let's let, do carry on. So that's all of Ross's points deducted. Now we're good. Um, question number eight: Which Silent Hill game first featured Pyramid Head? Uh, yo. Oh, oh. Two. Yes, you're oh, correct. Fuck's sake. I've not even played Silent Hill. I think I read it at some point. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, question number nine. The Division is set in a near future version of which real life city? Oh, Ross, you are on that one. New York City. It is indeed. Well done. Uh, question number 10. Terminator, Joker, Rambo and Robocop all feature... Uh, okay, everyone's already answering. Uh, Yog? Uh, I don't know what the full question was. <laughs> You probably should have waited for putting your hand up. Yeah, I thought you'd finish by the time I pressed. Yeah, it's fine. I'll, yeah. I'll back out of this one. Okay. Uh, Sean, you're next. Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I had to get one right. Jesus. <laughs> I was just impressed that everyone threw their hands up like immediately, and I wasn't even halfway through the question. <laughs> um, okay, we have a pretty resounding winner for this one. Roscoe, you're on six points, my friend. Yes, I'll take uh, that. Well done. Ne 
Next was oh, no. Yog with two and the spiritual point that wasn't. And then Kat and Sean, you both got one point each. That's it. All of us got one point. It was a very good point. quiz, Miles, because I knew pretty much all of those answers. I just was slow. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I need, after the Radan question, I was like, I need to chill out. <laughs> See, if we used emotes instead of raising hands, Kat would have won. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. See, if I hadn't gotten so flustered over the fact that I raised my hand, mm. oh well. If we fine. did it as like an audible reaction, fastest noise first, then I think you'd have probably been in. So I get too excited. Yeah, I, I'm ridiculous. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do miss. I really do miss Pika Pika Pika. I'll be honest. <laughs> Pika 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 Pika. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby cat on the pod. Pika 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 Pika. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Miles. That's all right, mate. Well done. Good job. Yeah, that was a that was a very that the best one so far. <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> ten out of ten, no notes. Would play again. Uh right, let's get into the news and the biggest news this week. PlayStation had a state of play. Kind of. And we are gonna react to it right now. We're gonna go through our highlights, things that we enjoy, things that we didn't. Um there's not a lot to get through, but um what the hell? Let's talk about it anyway. So, um, go from the top. Uh, Miles Thompson, what did you make of the state of play? What were your highlights? What were your lowlights? Was it good? Was it bad? Uh, I think I think as a state of play, it was decent. Uh, it was quite a lot of VR stuff, which was kind of expected, given that the VR is launching at this moment. Um, some of the it feels weird that Sony don't have any first party, first person shooter stuff outside of Destiny and Bungie now. I suppose. Um, but everything, almost everything they showed off for the VR system here was just first-person shooters, neon, cyber kind of themed stuff. And I was like, I get that's like a big thing for VR, but like, where have all these FPS is coming from? And why aren't they on the main console? Um, they showed off another Resident Evil trailer, which was great. Um, but the real highlight for me, I can't remember what its name is, but it's the one with the anthropomorphic creatures and it's like a music You're rhythm game. Uh, you're talking about um, oh, I just it's saw it at high school high. something whatever it's called that one yeah yeah, the dino- volcanic yeah. High. <laughs> yeah goodbye volcanic high that's yeah. yes well. that's it uh, that looks great that was a real surprise hit and uh, it's one that I'm very interested in playing um, the low light is Suicide Squad which is what the whole thing was about because it looks very generic and boring to me but I'm sure we'll go into more detail about it um, but it just didn't do anything for me I can't believe this is Rocksteady the team that have made Arkham and this just looks very bland and uninteresting and whatever little interest I had in it was kind of completely killed off by this. Um, I do hope that there's more to this game than this trailer maybe gave us. Um, and I thought the flash was cool as a villain. They've done a pretty good job with him, but this feels like a corporate driven game. And I feel a bit sad that Rocksteady, who we know are very talented and make incredible games kind of feels like they've been forced into making a game that, either they're not particularly suited at making or they've had to shovel stuff into this game to appease the the project of what it you know the corporation wants behind it um so i was very disappointed with suicide squad it kind of was what i expected it's just a shame it's coming out as i expected because i wanted it to be better um but i don't have high hopes for it and yeah but otherwise i thought the state of play it's what we've come to expect now it was short it was snappy and we just got to see a bunch of games which was good um, and I enjoyed not having to sift through boring, menial stuff to get to the actual games. So, yeah, I thought it was all right, to be fair. Yes. Kill the Justice League, eh? Mm. 
it's got such a mixed reaction online. It's so strange. Mm. It's um, it has been announced that it, it requires an online connection. Awful. Kind of sucks. Um, so you can't play it offline. And not that that really matters anymore, I guess. But it's just like that's not good. And the battle pass, the fact that they were like drumming up the battle pass even before it's even released, and I was like, not the one. Know your audience, not the one. Mm. <laughs> I thought this was the best look at the game so far in terms of gameplay. Um, and the humor, the script was kind of funny in places. I sort of like, I like Boomerang and Harley. I like their interactions. But it was, um, yeah, there's something about it that isn't, doesn't feel rock steady to me. Doesn't feel right. It's the punchiness um, of the combat because all the guns just feel very loose. There's no punch to the weapons. Enemies kind of look a little bit bullet spongy. And we've gone back to like 2010 Lost Planet style of enemies having bulging, glowing orange spots to hit. Um, Whereas the Arkham games are defined as like, it's crunchy combat and it feels good to play. This didn't look, the movement looked fine, <clears throat> but the actual combat just looked very kind of lifeless, which I think is what stuck out for me. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, well, we'll see. Um, it's out in May, isn't it? Got a release date, 26th of May. So uh, not too far away. We shall see how that goes down. Um, Sean, what did you make today, play? I thought it was pretty good. Um, could have been a press release, if I'm honest. Um, they, they kind of, I think they kind of set some expectations with these data plays now that like they're going to be something worth watching. I don't think anything kind of blew my socks off here, but it was a collection of pretty good trailers. You know, I I am at the opposite side of the spectrum with uh, Kill the Justice League. I feel because I I didn't hate what I saw. I saw myself absolutely having fun with that game. I think my expectation kind of was what it was going to be. You know, I think what Miles was saying that, you know, this is what we kind of expected to be is true. You know, I think everyone was expecting this to be some kind of live service game. But I'm not upset by that because I feel like um, I don't really want another Arkham game. We've had three. Uh, another one would just be more. And I feel like by you know, the end of Gotham Night, they kind of run that course. So I'm, I'm kind of happy that they're trying something else. And the fact that, you know, games nowadays take six to seven years to make, you know, this, this, when they started making this, this was probably like the hottest shit on the planet. You know, we're going to make an awesome service game. And now here we are, you know, six months away from release. And we're like, meh, we're over service games now. Sorry, rock steady. <laughs> so it, it's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a catch-22. They probably thought they were going to make something amazing and the kind of industry's already moved on. But I mean, Street Fighter Six looks freaking amazing. Uh, I'm really happy that Baldur's Gate's got a release date on console. Resident Evil 4 looked awesome. Destiny 2's Lightfall looks amazing. The VR games, I thought, like, I knew that some of them were already coming, um, but, you know, the, the fact that like, Green Hell looks so much better than it does on Quest. On PSVR two, and um, Tachia, or I don't know how you, how do you pronounce it. Has anyone actually got a pronunciation? Chia, Chia, mm. Chia looks fantastic. The only thing I really wasn't fussed on was Naruto versus Boruto. Uh, just, just not for me yeah. that. But yeah, everything else, even that um, Wayfinder game from Airship Syndicate, looked like I could have a good bash on that. Again, another live service game. And I fully expect that probably to go to PlayStation Plus on day one, um, just to get us hooked. But I don't know 
all in all, it was a bunch of really great games that I'm probably going to spend some time with. But I wish, I really hope that Sony can, you know, put something together for the next one that's not just a state of play, that it's like, you know, the big showcase that we, we've we come to expect from them. And I know why we haven't got one of those. Because currently, you know, not talking about their own first party stuff. But um, yeah, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> what did you make of um, Humanity? Um, I, I really like the studio. Uh, that and they they make really quirky games. I think visually, it's very hard to comprehend what it actually is because it looks well, yeah, like I mean, lemons. These are it's, the guys that make um, Tetris Effect and Red Infinite, and and I the played, other one did. I played There's the demo games. today. How how did you find yes. it? Well, it is what you said. It's it's lemmings. You know, you've got to make them jump. You got to make them move. You got to direct them. Um, it's just lemmings. It's lemmings with infinite people. Yeah, and that's pretty much it, really. <laughs> as far yeah. as I can gather, and you know that is you know it's if you're of a certain age, I guess that might be quite interesting. But didn't 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 rock my world. I think I imagine that the full game is going to come with a story of some sort around humanity. I don't know why they would call it humanity if that wasn't the case, um, or some kind of catch. It looked like there was a lot of mechanics in there. There was like the battles that we've not seen before, which looked pretty fun. So I don't know. I'm 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 quite like looking forward to it, but like not expecting too much. They make quirky games that are good for you know a couple of days where to play, and then you kind of you know Tetris effect is fantastic the first time you play it, but then it is Tetris with sparkly effects on it. So yeah, but then you play it in VR, and it's like ooh, I can't wait for that. Oh, oh my god. Um, yeah, I know what you mean about uh, humanity. It's what it is. It's a weird thing. Check out the demo. That's the best thing to say. I suppose. Um, I so, yeah, see what you think. Cat, um, I know you weren't too hot on humanity, but was there anything else from the show that you like? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that game gave me the fucking creeps, bro. <laughs> um, but the, the, the music is exactly the same as Tetris. Well, not exactly the same, obviously, but it is really Tetris effect, isn't it? You can tell it's made by the same devs. Um, yeah, not going to lie, humanity gave me the creeps. I might give the demo a go. Um, it just felt strange to me. Um, if I had a PSVR 2, I think For Your Eyes would be a day one for me. I know it's an older game that's it's coming out. I know, Sean, you reviewed it, didn't you, some time ago? I really liked it, I'm sure. What's this? Why do I have that feeling? Before Your Eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've been writing yeah. about that today. So, yeah. the, unfor- the, the unfortunate event happened where, do you know those pre-release copies where you get a bug that no one ever sees in natural oh, life? like Epic Chef. Yeah. Yes. So, I gave it an 8 out <laughs> of 10. Epic Chef bug. Oh, and um, yeah, so I, I I really enjoyed the game, but I had like a couple of bugs in it. They got fixed on the day of release, so my oh, my review is out of date at the time that the game went live. Um, oh no! Otherwise, it would have been a nine nine ten out of ten. A beautiful game, well worth a look. Yeah, it looks it as well, and I think just the amount of the fact, like just the fact that you'd be playing that in PSVR, shiny PSVR two would probably be absolutely heartbreaking. Um, I'm I'm really kind of pretty excited for the PS Plus games as well. Like Chia becoming free to play on PS Plus is amazing. It still blow my mind that Forbidden West is on that at the moment. Um yeah, um Baldur's Gate, you know me, Baldur's Gate is like oh, lifelong. That game is 
deep in my bloodstream I am worried about it and I don't know why I think it's because I don't love the combat from Divinity Sin and they're the people who have taken it over. I'm so sorry. Um, so, but that might just be a personal preference. Uh, I just, yeah, I mean, it's still, it's certainly got some, it's certainly got masses of essence of Baldur's Gate 2 and 1. So I'm really excited for it, but I'm cautiously apprehensive that I'm going to get an hour in and be like, oh, I fucking hate this. I wish you'd never made it. Like, you know like if a friends reunion dropped tomorrow and people were like why why did you do that like there'd be half the world that was really excited about it and half the world of like you should have just left it um and i think that's always the risk when games are like 15 years post-sequel um but we'll see it is really exciting that it's coming to console and i think like we were having this conversation the other day on slack like it probably is going to be a lot better on console than it once was um goodbye volcanic high looks sick that looks really awesome yeah, those are probably, I, I think it was the most cohesive state of play in regards to, like, recently, I think, in the last couple of years, it's just been absolutely littered with, like, a half an hour long interviews. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But, like, on the day of, like, when you're live streaming it and you want, you, like, the interviews can wait until after. I just want to know what's coming out and then I'll come back to the games that I'm interested in and see all the behind the scenes stuff. Um, I agree with Sean that the way that they're doing it is a little bit lackluster of like they're pretending that some really big thing is going to happen and then all of a sudden it gets announced 48 hours before um, it, it's getting old um, it's it's not the best way to do it especially as not anything awesome happens in the in the um, state of plays anymore I think like it's okay to just admit you know to put a date out there and say that's what you're doing <laughs> I don't know why they've got to make it seem like it's really hyped because it just makes people disappointed when they walk away although this wasn't a massively disappointing state of play I think it's just a weird way to go about it um, but yeah I'm glad it wasn't littered with loads of interviews a Suicide Squad I personally prefer the second half of the Porsche. Like, if they had flipped it and showed the second half first, I probably would have liked it a bit more. I'd probably had a better impression of it. Um, because for me, that massive, like, battle that they were showing ages and ages and ages and ages and ages and, ages and they were panning to the building and then to them and then to the building and then to them. I was like, cool, like, get that. Um, but the the second part showed a little bit more of the kind of world dynamics and, and stuff. I'm a bit mixed on it. It doesn't look incredible. I'm a bit like, Meh. it probably, if it came to PS Plus, I might give it a go, but it wouldn't be something that I would buy. And also, for some reason, Harley Quinn's voice is really grating on me. She sounds a lot like, this is such a ridiculous critique, but as a huge Harley Quinn fan, I, just, I don't know. It just sounds a lot ruskier. And I'm like, you would suit any other character, but I don't know if you're Harley Quinn. Um, is it Tara Strong? Because really... it doesn't sound like Tara Strong. It's not. It can't be Tara Strong. It mm. can't be because it sounds nothing like her. Um, and if it is, then she's smoked like 60 cigarettes each time she's gone to Mike. <laughs> because it just doesn't sound like her at all it just sounds like harley quinn got punched in the throat bless her and it doesn't make her a bad actor it just it just it doesn't feel like harley quinn i don't know that's just me being really really picky i'm a big H no i get that i get fan. that i'm still sort of listening to her and going i don't know who that is I yeah 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 and i'm sure she's a great like va but uh She's not doing it for me for Harley. Harley's a very specific accent, specific pitch as well. And I think that's what's bugging me about that, is that every time she talks, it's not the right pitch. Harley Quinn is like, yo, B-Man, go 
blah blah and she's like yo b-man and it's like whoa what's going on there harley quinn's gotten like punched in the throat <laughs> like um so yeah. yeah that was a really picky critique but i don't know why when i was watching it i was like stop talking like, <laughs> you look great but please stop talking there it, it is tara strong is it really it is tara strong that's wild that's crazy it doesn't sound anything like her or maybe she's like was when just you like... go back to the Arkhams. Yeah, she's she's less less squeaky this time around, isn't she? Less happy, I guess. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I'm saying, like, why oh. get back Kevin Damn. Conroy if you're not going to get back Tara Strong? But then again, they did yeah. get Tara Strong after all. So, can, can also say wow. King, King Shark is going to be voiced by Samoa Joe, which I don't know if you guys know who Samoa Joe is, but he's a wrestler, and he's just the mountain of a man. Like the most biggest man you've ever seen, um, mm. and this this is like two of my great passions colliding, wrestling and games in in <laughs> one weird bubble. Thanks, suicide. <laughs> Thanks, suicide. Cool. Nice. Cool. So yeah, I mixed by advocate. Um, you're good. Did you did you catch this state of play? I caught up on it. Um, there wasn't really a ton there I was particularly interested in. Um, I think Baldur's Gate 3 is the big one for me. I'm pretty excited for that when it launches. Uh, I did like Divinity Original Sin 2 uh, overall, I've, but um, I've not played the original Baldur's Gate games, so uh, I'm interested to see what Larian's spin on the, the game is, how it's going to compare to um, Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2. The other games, there's nothing, I mean, some of them look cool, but uh, there's nothing there which massively, like, I really want that. Uh, I have looked at the uh, the trailers and stuff for the Suicide Squad game. Uh, uh, do it, I see what people say about the combat, just feels like it lacks oomph. Like, the movement looks fine. Uh, I think Ross said that earlier, but the combat really looks... Uh, just like the characters lack weight almost it's uh, it doesn't look particularly great I also don't like the fact that uh, well Rocksteady's previous game said like almost entirely single player correct and this is meant to be another yeah. single player experience and it's got a battle pass I'm getting fed up with the uh, creeping amount of battle passes and microtransaction stores and um, day one DLC. It's just, it started to really piss me off, to be honest. Uh, I've, re- I've reviewed one game and I'm reviewing another, which are strategy games. You Not the first games you'd think of, which would have uh, these sorts of elements worked in live service, but Blood Bowl 3, as an example, had day one DLC. It's going to have a battle pass before long. It has a microtransaction store. Um, Company of Heroes 3 is going to have a microtransaction store. I, I'm just getting a bit tired of it in gaming, and it's making me up a little bit fatigued. Mm. I guess that's a whole other conversation, though. So, um, yeah, there's there was one other. Let me just bring up the news article, which looked pretty interesting, which was... Do, 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 do. Uh, the fog ones. I thought that looked pretty interesting. Um, I I like that sort of game, so 
problem is I don't have a <laughs> I won't have a PSVR two, so I'll probably just be coming around Sean's house and playing it there. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're all going to Sean's house to play his, his uh, PSVR two. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, I'll bring yeah. I'll bring plenty of beer or cider or whatever people want. Monster, monster energy drink, please. Monster, <laughs> oh, you you you'll get on great with my girlfriend because she loves Monster. So there we go. Uh, we'll bring a couple of crates of Monster. What more do you need? Yeah, that's that's it. Room for a good night. <laughs> Ross, what was your uh, highlight for there? Um, Stick. my my highlight probably was that Resi trailer. To be honest, um, I thought Resident Evil Four looked absolutely fan bloody tastic. Um, it really is going off the blueprints of what they've done with the two and three remakes. And of course, I think four was always a bit more cinematic because obviously it's a bit more open world, a bit more, a bit more kind of ex- expansive. And they're really playing into that. And um, I love the models of the characters. It looks like it's going to be a lot more narrative heavy than the first than the first one. Um, so, yeah, I'm super hyped for that. Um, it's one of the few Resident Evils I can actually get through because it's not. I don't know. It doesn't it hasn't never scared me as a kid for some reason. I just really enjoyed the madness of it all. Um I was sold on Justice League by the end of the uh, state of play. Uh the problem is it sounds like I'm gonna be playing it with nobody. So that's really disappointing. That's <laughs> gonna be I've got, I'll have a good time with it on the last hopefully. Uh, but yeah, overall I, th- I thought it was fine. Um it was a it was a fine show. Um Goodbye Volcano High still looks really cool. Um, I did that humanity. I mean, I, I had to try it. I'm glad that there was a demo. I really wanted to try it. Uh, Chia is something that I've been wanting to play for ages. Psyched that it's going to be a PS Plus game. That's really great. Uh, Lightfall was just, give me Lightfall. I want to play it. Um, can't wait to get my hands on that on Tuesday. I'm really excited. And um, yeah, the future looks quite bright. If you're able to get a PSVR 2 when you like neon soaked shooters. I think you're going to be quite covered in that area for a fair amount of time. So that's a bonus. Um, so I think overall it was good. Um, I'm really hoping that soon we get like the big blow up from Sony. I think we're still waiting, still, still waiting for something really concrete from their major studios. Um, still waiting for a game that's meant to be out in the fall 2023. We still haven't seen hardly anything of Spider-Man 2. Um, That'll probably be a showcase. It might be a state of play on its own. It might even be both. Um, so looking forward to that. But overall, it was fine. It was a, a 7 out of 10 event, I think. Um, I didn't dislike any of it. It was a nice pace. And there was a nice variety of stuff on display. Again, I'm not fussed about Naruto. I don't care about any of that. But it's not for me, you know. It's for someone else. And that's absolutely fine. So, yeah, it was a good show. Overall, I thought uh, right then, let's get on with our next thing, which is Microsoft and this freaking Activision deal. Now, you've heard us talk about this a lot on the podcast over the past year, and it's still rumbling on. And the past week has seen it take a bit of a kicking uh, from the EU hearing, um, which Microsoft did have to essentially beg Sony to, <laughs> to let this thing go through. And Sony are still not budging in regards to this uh, the, the, this Call of Duty-ness uh, that they seem to be playing on the fact that, well, Call of Duty is so very important to PlayStation that it cannot possibly go exclusive. Microsoft is saying, it's not going exclusive, you idiots. We're letting you have it, and Microsoft is still being like, yeah, meh, meh, meh. Anyway, Microsoft, what they did do is announce a legally binding 10-year deal to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo platforms, in inverted commas, if the upgrade goes ahead. 
Uh, this also includes GeForce Now as well, the online streaming service. Again, if the acquisition goes ahead, Microsoft are making a lot of promises about this. Nothing has seemed to be moved. Um, if anything, I think the the, uh, the hearing itself may have damaged this more. That's just my opinion, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm going to get to Sean for this one first. Sean, what do you reckon? Where are Microsoft right now in this acquisition? Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure many regulators like the whole theatrical, you know, showcase where they stand up and hold up papers and you know. If Sony signed this, this this would the deal could go through and all this kind of crap, which is what Microsoft did earlier this week. And you know, it's it's the kind of '90s era gaming nonsense that we've kind of gone away from. And I think Microsoft seems to be losing losing the kind of scope on on what it is that they are trying to argue against. I don't think gamers as a whole would would feel disadvantaged that if um, Microsoft bought Activision, but I think that Sony they Sony currently have the marketing rights with Call of Duty, um, so they they obviously see it as a big, and and you know like seventy percent of copies of COD on day one were sold on the PS5 or PS5 and PS4, so you know they they understand that this is a big franchise. But I just don't think Microsoft are arguing the point well enough at all that their purchase of Activision and Call of Duty is 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 not an antitrust issue, which it is. Um, they just keep keep saying, you know, it, it it doesn't really matter what they argue about being allowed to put games on other systems if they are promising to give it away as part of a, of a service. And this has kind of been Sony's argument for from day one is if you buy Activision, put all of Activision's game on Game Pass, which is what you promised, then we will find it more difficult to sell copies on our system. So Microsoft said, well, you could put it on PlayStation Plus or PlayStation Now if you want, or whatever version of you know your subscription service that you want to put out. And Sony like, well, why would we do that? Because it makes us an absolute shit ton of money every year. You know, they take 30% of every copy that's sold on the store. They make money from every boxed version of the game that goes out. So why why would they want to put it on a service? It just it doesn't make any sense for Sony. They've got their own streaming, you know, ambitions that aren't the same as Microsoft's. So there's there's nothing really that Microsoft can do unless they were to say, we won't put Core Duty, the new one at least on um the, the streaming platform on play on Xbox Game Pass, which would then kind of void the reason why you're buying Activision in the first place. So I'll be honest with you, they're in a bit of a pickle. And I don't see a way out for them here, whether they you know that I feel like they probably need to make amendments to the, the deal which has been recommended by both the UK and EU where they you know they try and cut out Call of Duty from the entire deal. You can have Activision Blizzard and King, but you can't you can't have Call of Duty, which is which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you could buy everything, but not the one thing that you really want. Um and I don't I don't know how Microsoft to get around this. Um honestly I don't either they get Activision and it's not what they actually want to buy. For the price that they want to pay, or they don't get it at all, and um, 
yeah, Activision are pissed because Bobby Kotick really wants that golden parachute that he's been promised. You know, Bobby Kotick's essentially said, I've, you know, he hasn't said it, but he's, 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 you know, accusing Sony of trying to stall, you know, stop this deal. And, you know, why why would you do that? Well, that's because he, know, he knows he's gone. You know, as soon as Microsoft buys this company, he knows he leaves and he gets a massive payout. So he wants this to go through. It's just a mess. Bless them. I, I love the Bless Hail Mary them, pass this week. Loved it. It was proper 90s gaming drama. You know, it reminded me of that E3 conference where, you know, Sony went up on stage and went 299.99 and just walked off. <laughs> it's just, you know, it, you know, it's just that old worldy thinking. And it's a shame that we've got this far. But then maybe just make your own franchises instead of trying to buy everything. Just saying. Yeah, that too. That too. What are the initiative doing? Hey, Microsoft, nothing, apparently. The, the first quadruple A studio in the world. Yep. And they have and you to need... get every other fucking studio in the world to work on it as well. <laughs> you, needed, you needed Crystal Dynamics of all people that made the bloody Avengers game to come and help you. Jesus. Wow. Bless them. Wow. Bless them. Um, Kat, are you looking forward to playing Modern Warfare 2 on your Switch? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how well it's going to gonna. gonna... Go over to Switch. You know, lots of games like this go over to Switch and and they have to almost remap everything because it just doesn't work. It doesn't work in the same way. Um, you know, I can't even imagine playing COD on the bloody GameCube or Wii, let alone like, you know, the Switch, which is like, how no, Jess, you can map it up to your TV. But it's gonna be a whole different game. And I think as well, like what what Sean was saying about like the actual logistics of business, like yes, it's going to be great for Nintendo players in the short term, but actually in the long term, it's probably going to do a lot of damage because it's, it's just not the kind of game you play on on Switch. It's going to be a lot of money being put into it to make it for the Switch. Yeah, it's just big fat yikes, I think, and I think there's a lot of like. It feels just like pure politics right now in regards to this acquisition of like, he said, she said, we promise, we promise this might happen. This will happen. It's just when's election day? Cause it feels like it's gone and passed and they didn't get voted in. <laughs> and they're still trying to say they're going to get voted in. And I just, it's, it's a, it's an icky situation that just doesn't feel like it has an end date. It feels like we'll still be talking about this at the end of the year. We'll yep. still be talking about this bloody acquisition at the end of the year. It'll still be hush hush. Most definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Urban Ready Deal for it. So oh, that's funny. It's Urban Ready Deal. <laughs> uh, well. oh, yeah. I don't know what else to say. I just, it's, I can't imagine playing this. Like, if we really think about Quantum Switch, I can't imagine playing on the Switch. I think it'd be clunky. Like, games like, like Dead by Daylight, for the example, on the Switch is a nightmare. It's a fucking nightmare to play. I can imagine. It's, it's a whole different game. And uh, like, you know, then you put stuff like crossplay into that. That's, it gets unfair. I don't even think they can. I don't think, I can't remember if they have crossplayed the Switch. But like, if you were to do that, it would it would be completely unfair. Wouldn't be able to. Um, yeah. Well, it's not They're me. releasing a Switch version of Hogwarts Legacy in July. I don't know how that's going to happen. <sighs> it's not even a cloud yeah, version. Be... It's a fully downloadable version of it. It's like mm. that's gonna be tricky, but I guess 
I guess if you had a um, Switch controller, you'd probably find it a lot better. And you probably have to have it logged up to your TV. But if you're playing that on the Switch Lite, cool. But it's just games. It's just games running on essentially Xbox 360 level hardware at Mm. this point. And it's like, "Mm, I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah, that's very, very true, actually. It's going to be clunky. It's going to be so clunky. Yeah. Clonks to clonk, clonks, clonks. Miles, there was a question I was going to ask you. It was a really interesting, cool question. And then I started singing clunky, and now it's gone. Um, <laughs> it was worth it for the clunky, but it was about it, it was about the acquisition, and um, I don't know. Maybe you could share your thoughts on that while I try and remember what the question is. <laughs> That's fine. Um, what interests me about this is this deal doesn't really mean anything other than to Microsoft trying to pretend like it means something. They haven't put a Call of Duty on Switch at all, and the Nvidia GeForce thing is also in complete competition to themselves because they have their own cloud streaming service. And all I suspect will happen is if this deal ever does get over the line, they'll just be like, oh yeah, we're trying really hard to bring Call of Duty games to Nintendo, but we can't because the hardware is shit. And we're trying really hard to get things on the cloud service, but it's just not quite working or whatever. And it just feels like they've thrown this partnership together. They probably shifted them some money over to be like, hey, sign this deal with us just so we can look good. And I don't know, I just saw this and I was like, this doesn't actually mean anything for players, I don't think. And I think the problem is that the regulators can kind of see through this kind of thing, like Sean touched on. I don't think they're a fan of this whole like showboating business of look how fair we are and stuff, because they can see through it quite effectively. Um, I think this whole takeover deal has been a bit of a mess. And I think it like has been touched on. It kind of demonstrates the issue that Microsoft are in at the moment of they're trying to hoover up as much property that already exists to make it exclusive or put it onto Game Pass to effectively make it exclusive rather than actually parading what they do have because they can't scupper this deal. Um, so they're stuck between a rock and a hard place of like they can't show off anything to entice people onto the system. And it's just, I don't know, it, I just feel the longer this drags on, the worse it's getting for Microsoft. Like, they're probably pouring in so many resources to trying to get this thing over the line. And they might come out with nothing from it. And then, in which case, you kind of wonder what the last kind of year or two have been about. Um, yeah, I don't think it makes a good look for them. And I think the more Sony really just have to keep making the same argument and sit on their thumbs about it. And I think they might be quietly confident that this just isn't quite going to get over the line. So they're probably just laughing to themselves as Microsoft could continue this dredge into this quagmire that they've got themselves stuck in. Do we need not customer-facing smiley Phil Spencer, but the evil corporate businessman Phil Spencer to be like, <laughs> yeah. hey, Jim Ryan, oh, look, what have I found in my pocket? Oh, it's a billion dollars. <laughs> I'm yeah. just going to put it under the table and you take it or not, or not. Either way, it's fine. But uh, you take it and maybe let us, uh, let's have some Call of Duty. How about that? Hey, eh? that <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good, doesn't it? Let's call this whole thing a day and just move on. Let's sweep it under the carpet. You take your money and we'll take our Call of Duty franchise and you can have it for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's the thing. Sony aren't losing anything. No, and they're still getting pissy about it, and that's that's the weirdest thing about it is that eventually, maybe yeah, they will lose it in like what ten years or something. They said, and but by then, I mean, 
surely they'll have their own. Surely it's like it's like Sean said, make your own thing. But yeah, Sony. <laughs> <laughs> they have Bungie right there. Make it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Destiny three will be bigger than Call of Duty. Probably not, but there yeah, we go. probably not. You know, maybe if they made a new Killzone, you know, <laughs> your favorite um, franchise. Uh, nobody wants that. No, I want that. Excuse I like me. That. I want that. I, I <laughs> yeah. love a new Killzone. Thank you very I lo- much. I love Killzone. Killzone two is still one of my favorite platinums. Yes. Get bad spread up here. <laughs> <laughs> What's that kind of nonsense on their consoles? Um, Yog Dog, do you have a uh, do you have a feat in this uh, in this argument? I think it'll inevitably go through. It'll take a long time, but it'll go through. Um, I I mean, they'll probably still play out on Sony's consoles for a bit. They just won't prioritize ports and stuff for it, so performance will probably be dog shit. Um, I don't really have a bone in the fight. I just feel that uh, Microsoft really need to try and develop some of their own properties, and they've got so many game series from the past they could bring back to life, and instead of just trying to buy studios and publishers all the time, um, I do feel like there's been a heavy degree of mismanagement for the last five years or so, and they could have done more with the studios they do own. Um, yeah, I I think it will go through though. Uh, I think with big mergers like this, uh, if it were like in a critical like healthcare industry or something like that, maybe they'd stop it. But for video for video games, I'm not so sure. So I think it'll probably go through. I wish they'd just think of the children. Now this the whole time this is going on, there's no crash. There's no spyro. You know what I mean? Gotta think of these smaller franchises that Activision still have, just about. Tony Hawks, you know? Is it just those three? I can't I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure it's just those three now. Uh, is it well Blizzard's got Starcraft? Um Yeah, those two. They've got World of Warcraft, uh, just Warcraft as well. Well, I've not released one of those except the remastered game recently for quite a while. Mm. Um, so th- th- there are plenty of properties which will be coming along with both of these, and it would be nice to see games which are made for those series. Uh, I mean, I'd love a new Spyro, especially. It's it, like I think even my girlfriend would play some Spyro. It's she's not played a game in twenty years, and the last game she played was Spyro. So she'd be well up for playing another one. Um, but. Uh, it's it, it's it'll go through, but it'll take a long time, like two years at least, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're, we're, we're a year deep into it already. Yeah, I could see another two years. Uh, the, these things, it, it's going to stay in the courts for quite a long time. The only people who are going to benefit out of this are the lawyers, really. Yeah, true. True. I mean. I don't know. Maybe they were planning that with Wampa League. I think Crash Wampa League looks like a Game Pass game to me. It looks like a game that should be day one on Game Pass. And I think that was probably the plan. Um, but this has been dragged out now for such a long time that maybe that won't be the case anymore. Uh, who knows, though? We shall see. All uh, right, then. Let's finish this off with Elden Ring. It's a game we haven't talked about for a while. Um, Elden Ring has now sold 20 million copies worldwide according to Bandai Namco and From Software. The game, which was released on February 25th, 2022, makes it a year old as it reached a notable milestone just shy of its first anniversary. 
According to Bandai Namco, the 20 million total combined shipment figures of the physical version of the game and sales figures of digital versions, including Steam. Uh, I mean, there's not much to talk about here, but Souls Man. Souls Man! Miles Thompson. I like that bit of soul. That was cool. Yeah. Um, I didn't think about that until I said it. I was like, Souls Man! Yes! Yeah. Um, just, so, just comes naturally. So is the Souls drama now just a filthy casual? Like yeah, you're all... Everyone's just filthy casual. It's not cool to play them anymore. They should just stop making them now. That's why they're doing Armor Core instead. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the like the one thing about Elden Ring is how it's captured the general market more than any other Souls game had. I think the majority of people considered Bloodborne, or a lot of people did consider Bloodborne their favorite, but it still didn't sell nearly as many as this had. And there's something about the way it was marketed. I think having George R. R. Martin attached to it has helped. But I think just the level of hype that was built up around it and the sense of mystique that FromSoft have like attached to themselves just did something. It was like this concoction that has just come together and they literally jarred lightning somehow. They just managed to do it. I think the game is absolutely phenomenal. I think the fact that it was Game of the Year wasn't wholly unsurprising for basically any of us. Um, but I do wonder how from software ever going to be able to build on this now like this is such a once in a generation type lightning in a bottle moment for a studio although they've always seemed to knock out the park with every game i really think that this is like such a high ceiling for them even by their standards um and i think it's actually a sensible decision that they're doing an armored core game now so that they can let things settle and chill out a bit and people can start to get that hunger for a souls type game again um but I'm super pleased for it. I am a massive Souls fan, and I make no bones about that. Um, but there's something about this one that's just captured people's imaginations and people's attention, even people who weren't typical Souls fans. And that's cool. I think it's nice that other people are getting to experience the game. And I very much didn't look forward to having the conversations about easy modes and everything else, but it just just path for the course at this stage. But I think FromSoft have cracked a formula where they can be more accessible to more people. Uh, without having to sacrifice the quote-unquote hardcore experience for people who want that. So, yeah, I think FromSoft have just done a phenomenal job, and I'm just really pleased to see it do so phenomenally well because the game fully deserves it for all the creativity and work that's gone into it. So, yeah, well done to FromSoft and Miyazaki. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> have you played it yet? No. Oh, come on, Roscoe. It's been on my, it's, it's been on my PlayStation. Uh, ever since the sale at Christmas, and I'm like, I'll, I, I'll even re-download uh... it, and I'll I'll help you through it. It's fine. I'll get my character back up. You know, it'll be good. I still need to get I've I've have a cadaver on Hogwarts Legacy for that. Ah, <laughs> fair enough. I can't argue with that on that one. Harry Potter is your shtick. But uh, yeah, I, I will. I will. I, I scroll past it every day when I go and play. Want to go and play <laughs> something else? Yeah, when like, you go to play every other game. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> this is today the day. Um. I will. I definitely will. I promise. Well, um, I look forward to the day when you finally do. Thank you very much. Your dog. Yes. I saw you were you were unmuted. Is there something you'd like to contribute to this particular story? Um, I. It's been a while since I've played a Souls game. Uh, the only ones I've played were Dark Souls a tiny bit. Um, the first one I did play the OG Demon Souls. That's probably still my favorite of the series. I really enjoyed. I even bought like the special edition of that back in the day. Um, but uh, from I think it was Game Station at the time. 
before before they merged it all into game. Ah, uh, game station. Yeah. I remember my game station quite vividly. It's an O2 shot now. Um yeah, I I like the Souls games. They're definitely becoming increasingly mainstream in some could argue, but um I think I agree with Miles in that it's it's gonna be a good choice to swap focus away to uh armored core for a bit, which I'm super excited for. Cannot wait to see what they do with that. Uh I think they've done an impressive job with Elden Ring. Uh it, it has caught the public's imagination uh quite a lot, which is good to see. I mean they're, they're pretty awesome games. I, I can't see why playing more people playing them is a bad thing. Uh, I do think that the community can be a little bit unwelcoming to new players at times uh, when I've seen like subreddits and so on. Uh, like There is a little bit of a vein of elitism that seems to run through, but uh, the games themselves are pretty stellar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the games themselves are stellar. I'm happy to see that they're doing well. Um, oh, I did play Bloodborne actually. I don't know if I'd say it's my favorite because I never actually played tons of it, but I did enjoy playing a bit of Bloodborne. Um, it makes sense though that Elden uh, Elden Ring is much more popular on it though, considering Bloodborne was what limited to Sony consoles. So, uh, whereas Elden Ring's multi-platform, so it's got a lot more potential people to to get to out where I think the one uh, a lot of people are clamoring for a Bloodborne um, like a new release of it on more consoles that'd be pretty awesome if they went to do that in future uh, yeah I think I think that's about about my words on the topic I guess yeah uh, thank you that's a really interesting insight because you know I'm not one that's a big fan of the genre um, not not a big fan, but I just I haven't dabbled on it. I just haven't seen something in it yet that has really grabbed me um, to want to go and play it. Um, so it's it's fascinating to to hear sort of the the takes about people that really do enjoy it. And um, you know, I was I was so hyped for other people when it came out. You know, Miles and Greg and everyone was so excited for it, and um, it really lived up to all these expectations. And it's it's good when that happens because it, it seems to be quite a rare occurrence nowadays. <laughs> When yeah, thing lives um, up to the expectation, you know. I think the big thing for me is it's going to inspire other games within the same genre, which will hopefully do slightly different things. Uh, straight copies are not terrible, but it's nice to see games which make their own twist uh, on a on a genre. So I'll be very intrigued to see. Uh, there's been a few games that have come out in the past, but what future games are, are going to be rivals to from software's games? Uh, it's kind of like, uh, I suppose, another game which has kind of been like a, a game that created an entire new genre is Escape from Tarkov. Um, and then you've had games which have tried to replicate that. You've had Marauders, you've had The Cycle Frontier, you've had even Call of Duty release a game mode in Warzone, I think it is, which is meant to be kind of similar to Tarkov. Yeah. So it it's it's interesting when games like these are like Miles said lightning in a bottle being fourth in the entire new genre and uh, what games don't come out in future which try and build upon them so I'm more mm. excited for the future not necessarily from From Software directly although I'm sure they'll make amazing games I want to see what other people's spin on those games are so I'm, it'll be 
really intriguing to see over the next five, ten years what comes out. Uh, is a competitor, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kat, should we be surprised by these numbers? Do you think? Um, yes and no. I think. Um, I think post Elden Ring's release and the kind of hype that it got, and the, I guess the reviews of how quote unquote accessible it was for people who'd wanted to get into Souls, like yourself as well, Ross. Like you're kind of an example of of that kind of marketing of. Uh, people saying you know, this is the most accessible game this is the, you know the easiest one or well, not necessarily the easiest one but it's the one that everybody could get their tea sunk into and not feel like they're gonna get their ass kicked or you know um it has all the it has the souls element but it's i mean i don't have another word but accessible so you know i think that in regards to your question of is souls becoming a mainstream genre i think it will do eventually but i think in its own kind of way of i think now everybody is going to copy the status quo of what Elden ring has brought so it's going to be like they're going to want to play off of that if they're a new development team they're going to be like yeah let's make something like that and then it will be accessible to everybody and then oh if you liked Elden ring or if you played Elden ring they're gonna they're gonna play on that they're gonna play on and then they're also gonna live up to or play up to everything that everybody who is a massive Souls fan loved about Elden Ring. Um, so I think that Elden Ring has opened a lot of doors for a lot of people. Um, it is surprising um, because <laughs> um, it was such a specific type of game. There was like, what, four of them, five of them, really, like five big hitters. You got the Bloodborns and and um, Demon Souls and and Dark Souls. So, um, yeah, I, but I think a lot of doors will open in the next kind of five years for this particular genre, and I think um, it's becoming very recognisable. Even in Elden Ring, when you looked at Elden Ring, you could immediately recognise those big trope bosses. You know, there was it had its own elements from the open world. That was the first time that, you know, anywhere I'd ever done anything like that before. And I think that's only going to grow and expand as other people make other games similar. Yeah. Yeah. Unless we forget the best multiplayer game of last year. Uh, absolutely, yeah, apparently. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. <laughs> so <confident. laughs> totally. <laughs> I love Elden Ring, but what the fuck? <laughs> Thanks I don't for that even one. understand that. The multiplayer being what the ghosts that you see of people playing at the same time as you. No, you, you can PvP, but the PvP system absolutely sucked at the start. Like, you had to find an item. Oh, yeah, there was finite that, amounts of them. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You had to wait for an answer, and then they came in. It was just really for bosses, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. it kind of sucked. <laughs> uh, well, mm. it didn't suck, Miles. It was the best of last year. Yeah. <laughs> best multiplayer game ever. <laughs> yeah, no. The golden joysticks were like, yep, this is the best one ever. Deal with it. <laughs> so there we are. Um, Sean, do you want to finish this off? Have you got any kind of thoughts on the the massive success of Elden Ring? Uh, yeah, I think it's um, a lesson in marketing that I think a lot of other studios probably need to, to ape on because I think this is something that Sony are doing quite well recently too, is that they they build anticipation by doing nothing. So like the game was announced in 2019, they put out that teaser trailer, it showed virtually nothing. And then there was crickets for the best part of two years. And every time there was an event, is Elden Ring going to be there? Is Elden Ring going to be there? Jeff Keighley's Twitter was nothing but, 
is Elden Ring going to be there? And, you know, eventually they showed it and they showed it to be, you know, better than everyone was kind of expecting it to be. Yeah. And I think a lot of kind of studios are trying to trying to do this whole less is more thing now. You know, Bloodborne had like 15 trailers and it didn't sell as well. But I think this was like, you know, the marketing push that they did was kind of to build anticipation to make it an event. And to to by by not putting out stuff all the time meant that people were actually clamoring to see what it was about. You know, you look at Dead Island right now. Dead Island's having a massive marketing push. You know, everything's Dead Island too. There's trailer after trailer after trailer. I know they're trying to build up hype for the game, but I think you know we 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 wanted that game for so long. We waited for that first trailer, and we were all really hyped about that. And then now it just feels about like a bit too much, maybe. Um. So I think this is kind of like a, a lesson in marketing that a lot of other people should should take on board. That actually, mm. you know, you don't have to have a lot. You know, do do more with what you've got and do less of it. Because if anything, Elden Ring proved that actually you don't need to. So they do like a full court press for four years before your game comes out. Just just announce it and then then drop stuff when you're ready. And yeah. if it's good, it'll take off. I suppose a good example of the opposite was Deathloop. Oh, where God, yeah. we saw a trailer every single conference we watched. Oh my God, that Deathloop press! Oh, it was exhausting. I was excited for it, and then by the time it came out, I was sick of it. <laughs> One thing I do yeah. notice about From Software games is, sorry, Sean, go on. No, I was just going to say, I, I think imagine Sony have learned from that with you know God of War. We were actually like, where are the trailers for Ragnarok? Mm. And then, but it launched. Yeah, <laughs> they, they maybe learned from Deathloop to like not overkill it too much. Yeah, perhaps. Um, yeah, sorry, go on. One thing I do notice about from software games is that they always seem to have a different publisher for each of their games. So, I mean, Sony published Bloodborne, Activision published uh, Sekiro, and then Bandai published uh, Elden Ring. And I find it quite interesting that they took forward probably three different approaches to how they were going to push this game out. And I don't know who's publishing Armored Core, but I I wonder why that was. I wonder why they don't stick with the single publisher and they instead try different ones for each I release. Think it gives them an excuse to do a different style. So like Bloodborne was HP Lovecraft, like Gothic style. Sekiro was like uh, Asian samurai inspired, whereas like traditional Souls games are done by Ban- Bandai Namco. So I think if they make a publishing deal, they'll probably pitch it to like a new publisher and be like, hey, we want to make a Souls game, but we don't want to make a Souls game. So can you give us some money to make a Souls game that isn't a Souls game and we'll just put it on your console or whatever. Um, and I think that's the way around it. Because I think Demon Souls was Bandai, but it, but it was with Sony. It was like a partnership thing. Um, so I think it just depends on whether they want to do something a bit out of Souls. They kind of just have to approach a publisher and be like, hey, give us some money so we can make it, please. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. I think, anyway. I also imagine it's like, you know, the pitching process with like, you know, um, Platinum Games and stuff where, you know, they, they pitch it around and whoever turns up with the most money at this point, you know, they they, they can ask whatever number of zeros they want on that check. Because um, it's Bandai that are doing Armored Core 6 as well. So I imagine uh, okay. kind of like they did with, you know, Bandai and The Witcher. You know, they probably just wrote a check with lots of zeros on and they were the highest bidders and you know, they were going to get out of it what they wanted. So, because like From Software published their own games within Japan, which is weird. 
Um, so they only have like an international publisher. Right. Okay. So maybe it's hmm. like, you know, porting help, etc. Yeah. Okay. Just something I noticed. I was curious about why. Yeah. Interesting. Well, well done to From Software and Bandai Namco. And yeah, we're all excited for Armored Core. Cannot wait to play that. Uh, but right then, let's get into our recommendations. This is where we find something that we've seen throughout the week that we want to share with you, our loyal listener. Whether it be a game, a TV show, a movie, a book, or whatever else it could possibly be. Um, I'll start with Kat this week. Kat, what is your recommendation? So, uh, my recommendation, uh, I'm going to stick to the culinary theme of this week. I love and it. I'm going to recommend a show on Netflix called Pressure Cooker. It is a culinary competition show uh, where they all live in the same house and uh, they have to win £100,000 at the end and they have to fight it out. And a lot of the time, the challenges are like really savage and it's essentially like a game of like traitors versus who can cook the best. So there's like really slimy people in there that are like, oh, if you vote for me to stay, then, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll vote for you throughout the whole game and stuff like that. So some people are purely playing the game to stay in the house and some people are playing it very cleanly and trying to just pick the best kind of winner. There are people who, like, do... There'll be, like, I don't know, there'll be seven people in the house and, and two, like, they'll all have to pair up and then the person who's left will be the person blind-tasting all of their dishes and choosing who gets sent home but, like, not knowing it. Um it's just really really fun show to watch we've been watching it for the last kind of week or so with dinner and we've finished it tonight and it was just really good it was just really really good um it's just a good watch they're about 40 minutes long um eight episodes i think eight or nine episodes and uh yeah just, just something if you like a cooking show we watch a lot of cooking shows when we eat and i don't know why we do that because we have the same like five meals every week so <laughs> really you'd think we'd learn something we don't <laughs> that sounds like my kind of jam though for sure. Yeah, it's a good time. It's good. Sweet. Uh, Miles Thompson, your game of the week. No? Hello. Your recommendation. <laughs> I wouldn't have even queried that, to be fair. Um, seeing as Josh isn't here, I'll take his place in doing a movie. Um, I watched All Quiet on the Western Front yesterday, and it is absolutely phenomenal. I'm a big fan of war movies. Um, I liked Dunkirk, and I really liked 1917. This one's better than both of those. Um, and it's up there as one of my favorite war movies ever. I can see why it's been nominated for so many awards. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's very intense. It's very interesting that it does the side of a German soldier. So there are one of the Hitler's youth uh, soldiers that get drafted into the military towards the end of the war, the First World War. Um, and it's a bold take to show it from the side that's always been villainized in history. Um and I think they do a really fantastic job of humanizing some elements of uh, the German population who were drafted in, while also still maintaining the fact of how the German military high command were, for want of a better word, bastards. Um, and it does just a really good job of helping you connect to the people of the war um, on both sides. And yeah, I was really surprised. I expected it to just be like another harrowing war movie but it moved me a lot more than I expected. And I think it is a well worthy watch. If you do have Netflix, it is two and a half hours long. So it's quite a commitment of time, but it did not feel like two and a half hours. It felt like an hour at most. Um, so yeah, I really recommend it just go in knowing it's quite a, it's an intense experience, uh, but a very, very good one. Won a bunch of BAFTAs in it. Didn't it yeah. Away? Didn't it clear the BAFTAs basically? Yeah. yeah. I think it won like four. I want to say. I think it won more than that. Did it? Oh. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. It's um one of those ones on my list. I'm like, yep. 
one day we'll have got time for a German speaking two and a half hour war film. I will check it out. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely watch it in sub, not dub. The dub is terrible. Watch it in the subs. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh god, a Squid Game all over again. Oh. It really is. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Yog Dog. Ooh, oh, I'm not really sure what to do with these. Um, I mean, I could just go the easy route and recommend Spellforce. Yeah. Because um, I've been massively enjoying playing that. So uh, I think I'll just go down that. So Spellforce is like a uh, turn-based strategy game set in a, a magical universe, I suppose. You're a mage who has to uh, return to your master's tower. It's been ransacked, attacked, and you have to find out who's done it, uh, which you find out pretty quickly. And then you need to start exploring the area around you and uh, growing your magical power. It's it's really interesting. Um, if people like turn-based strategy games like Age of Wonders, then they'll be right up your alley. It is a bit limited in some ways. It's the same campaign map. You just start in different parts of the map each time. But it's it's really cool, and it's really stuck with me uh, these last couple of weeks. And games recently have kind of struggled to do that. This one's broken through my barrier. So, yeah, very much recommend it. Fantastic. Spellforce, check it out. Uh, Sean, your recommendation? I'm going to do three really quick ones. All right. So I'm breaking the rules. Um, so first, I'd like to recommend people play Scars Above. I cannot tell you why until Tuesday, but I'm just saying Scars Above releases on Tuesday. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> um, I would also like to recommend The McSpicy. Which... Oh, The McSpicy! Yeah. Yes! Yeah. And The McCrispy. Both slapped. Yeah, both awesome. So I'd, I'd never tried a McSpicy until today. And despite the fact that it came almost completely disassembled in the box, um, <laughs> after after putting it back together, I was suitably impressed with the spice of the McSpicy. The advert is true. You, I did pull a little bit of a face. Um, I also, because of the disassemblement, didn't get any of the cooling mayonnaise that usually oh. comes on it. So it was just full-blown spice. So, um, yeah, fantastic. What a taste. Um, don't normally say that about McDonald's, but yes. And finally, um, my wife and I started a new TV show today, which we've won and done the entire show in the day, which is Lockwood & Co. I don't know if anyone else has watched this. Um, it's on Netflix. It's a show about teenagers. In, it's based on a book series, where I'm not entirely sure what the book series is, but essentially 50 years ago, uh, ghosts started to come out during the night. So the government enforced a curfew, and turns out that kids have the ability to they have like a talent so they can see and hear and um touch and be able to like interact with ghosts so they become ghost hunters and you follow the story of three ghost hunters who have run their own independent um kind of ghost hunting thing it's it's a brilliant show thoroughly enjoyed it it's much better than i anticipated it to be um yeah definitely worth a watch if you've not watched it yet it's it's cracking, and I'm very much looking forward to it continuing, hopefully. Awesome. Well, what about your recommendations, Roscoe? We're waiting on a new Netflix series to watch, so yeah, after that. Nice. Um, yeah, oh, Mandalorian's out this week, doesn't it? Hello. That's exciting. Really? Yeah, on uh, Wednesday. What? Wait, what? Bum, 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 bum. Yep, 1st of March. Crap. Oh, shit. <laughs> 
Miles, you've got to watch Boba Fett before the 1st of March. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had no idea it was coming out. Well, shocking. Wow. Um, well, anyway. I'm going to have to get on it. Yep. That's not my recommendation. My recommendation, I think I may have recommended this before, um, but it's a film that I, I rewatched yesterday, and I absolutely loved it. Much like I did the first time, and it's Freaky, starring Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton. It's a body swap horror comedy where... Vince Vaughn plays a serial killer. Catherine Newton plays a teenage high schooler. And they go on a search for a knife, and then the knife turns them into each other. And so Catherine Newton becomes a serial killer, and Vince Vaughn becomes a teenage girl. And it is an absolutely brilliant, funny, hilarious film. Um, it's very gory. It's very twisted. It's hilariously dark. It's Vince Vaughn at like, the height of his powers. Um, I think this is probably one of his best performances ever. And Catherine Newton, who is currently, of course, um, Cassie Lang in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, she's just so good as this twisted, messed up serial killer, um, killing people in horrendously brutal ways. And it's well worth a watch if you can find it. Uh, so that's uh, Ricky. I watched it on Sky, but I think it's available in all the other places too. You, you've just answered a question. I went to watch Ant-Man yesterday. And I sat down and went, where do I know this girl from? Where do I know Cassie Lang from? I couldn't place it at all. And I just remembered, it's from Freaky. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> well, thank you very much for that. That's, um, yeah, thank you. Oh, can I get your review of Quantumania? It was fine. I haven't seen it yet. Um, um, okay, good. Fine, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just another house, a, a card in this massive house of cards that Marvel seems to be building. Hmm. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. It's uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a fine movie. Um, but I think I, I really don't want to spoil it. Um, no, it's all right. I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for spoils, but yeah. No, I, I think just... I thought the last four have been fine. Doesn't it yeah. a good one for since Spider Man, but. It's disappointing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's getting that way. Well, Guardians next. That should be fun. I think it's Guardians next. It is Guardians next, isn't it? And then it's the Marvels in November. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Marvel needs to be some. Needs to come back to us, guys. What's happening? Um, Right then. So, yeah, freaky. Go check it out. It's very, very funny. Uh, well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below to find us in all the places. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at FNGRGNS. If you want to follow us individually, all of our handles are in the description below, except for Miles, who's smart and not on Twitter. If you really like what we do, want to follow our Patreon for $1 a month, you can keep this podcast live on its various podcast hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny. But that's it. Until next time, it is goodbye from Miles Thompson. Farewell. It is goodbye from your dog. Hello. It is goodbye. <laughs> 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 goodbye from Cat. Bye. And it is goodbye from Sean Davies. Doodles. Join us this week at some point for our Look for the Light Last of Us Episode 7 reaction. Um, at some point during the week we'll figure it out but until then see you next time on the Figure Guns Podcast bye bye